Hey honeys, this is your host Marissa. Welcome to the Honey Health and Wellness Podcast. Get ready to unlock your full potential as I dive into all things health, wellness, spirituality, and self-development. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I've got Ananta Ripa Ajmera, founder of The Ancient Way, on the podcast today. So Ananta is the author of a book, The Way of the Goddess, Daily Rituals to Awaken Your Inner Warrior and Discover Your True Self, which the title in and of itself, there's so much to unpack in that. So we'll get into that today. Ananta is also um, has a podcast called True to Yourself, The Power of Authentic Living. And within her Ancient Way program, you offer wellness ambassador programs, um, which I will I would love for you to explain and kind of describe what your program, the Ancient Way, is about and what it entails. And um, you do also have a spiritual warrior certificate that you teach through your program, um, which is just so cool. There's so much to unpack. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess my first question would be, can you jump into what your program is and as well as your book, The Way of the Goddess? So um, I guess that's a two-part question, but I think they intertwine really beautifully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So my organization, The Ancient Way, hosts several different programs. Our main three programs are the Wellness Ambassador Program, which teaches you how to embody an Ayurveda lifestyle, to really live in harmony with the rhythms of nature through your daily routine and seasonal routines. Mm-hmm. Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga, and it really is such an amazing complement to the yogic practice to really take that yoga glow into your day-to-day life and all of your activities and relationships. So that yes. program really supports you to live that kind of lifestyle that allows you to prevent having health issues and to really learn to heal yourself in an all-natural way. Then Mm -hmm. we have our Spiritual Warrior Certificate Program, which is based on my book, The Way of the Goddess. It takes you on a very profound spiritual journey through the nine chakras to be able to connect with nine goddesses that are said to dwell within each of these nine chakras within us whether Mm -hmm. we're male female or don't even identify with either of those genders these goddesses are said to dwell within us and they I feel represent the power and the potential that we all have to give birth to the most authentic version of ourselves and when we go on this kind of a journey, that's really what unfolds layer by layer as we are able to peel back all of what we are not and be able to experience all of our emotions without attaching to them. We're actually bringing together two really important things, I feel, for healing. One mm-hmm. is to be able to feel everything that we yeah experience emotionally to not bury it away to not store it somewhere where it becomes unprocessed trauma we have Mm -hmm. to feel in order to heal so this is a big part of it but just to be in an emotional state is also going to lead to a lot of chaos and so the other part of the (laughs) process and the program is to continuously bring spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding to our traumas and to the areas that have given us some kind of pain in life and to be able to investigate them and really inquire into them and ask, what was this here to teach me? What were even the physical imbalances and the physical diseases that we may have had or have there to reveal to me? Because the body is always keeping track of everything. The body never lies to us, but we have not often given our own body and mind this kind of loving curiosity and this kind of willingness to observe and to inquire and question within and to be able to find the answers that come from deep within. So there's really three principles to the program. One is the law of karma and really understanding the law of karma Mm. as the reason for everything good or bad or neutral that's happening in our lives and to be able to digest everything as part of our karmic journey that has brought Mm -hmm. us here 
And to be able to know that we can't control any of what has happened in the past, but to create our own future and our own destiny is completely in our hands due to that law. And then we have this idea of the inner guru, that the most important guru is the one that lives within you. And learning to really awaken that through a process of questioning and really Mm -hmm. going deep within to unravel all the layers that cover the true self, to be able to question into our patterns, question into our behaviors, question our addictions, question why, why, why. And as we do that, we, again, shed more layers of who we are not. And then Mm -hmm. what we get to really experience in this process is something called Agni, which is the Mm -hmm. fire of digestion and the fire of transformation and the Mm. fire of metabolism that can convert the difficulties, the diseases, the painful experiences of life into nectar, into the right kind of medicine that is here to serve us on our spiritual growth journey. So... My God, so, so much to unpack there. That was so beautifully, like said, there's so much in that. I think from what I, I'm I'm not going to go too much into the book just because I think people really should read it because you do tell the story so beautifully and in, um, in specific chapters, like you take people through. So it's definitely worth reading. But I think from to, just to give an overview, you do speak about the traumas that you did experience in your early, early life and how you transcended that through Ayurvedic medicine. Is that correct? Yeah, Ayurveda along with yoga and the spiritual mm-hmm. philosophy of Vedanta. Yeah. Okay. And what would you, how would you describe that spiritual philosophy? Is that your three principles that you just mentioned? Yes, yes. So the spiritual philosophy of yoga is Vedanta. A lot of the Vedanta principles have become part of our day-to-day life without our knowing that they come from Vedanta. Even this Mm -hmm. idea of the law of karma is actually a very Vedantic core key principle. And Mm -hmm. it is this idea of what is that core essence that is within all of the world religions and that is within Mm. all of the spiritual traditions and how Mm -hmm. can we get to that essence in a pure unadulterated way that's really the quest of vedanta is to realize Mm. the truth that is central to all of the paths of religion and spirituality that we believe in vedanta ultimately lead to the same truth or the ultimate reality or god or um we can say Brahman, which is undifferentiated, pure consciousness, however you want to call it. But this yeah. idea of the fundamental oneness of all of life yeah. is what mm-hmm. Vedanta is all about. And it is the core principles or philosophy that are central to really all of the world, religious traditions and spiritual paths. Wow, that's really beautiful. I've actually never heard of that philosophy before, but it definitely resonates. So that's amazing. Um, I think it was great how you spoke about how Ayurvedic medicine and you related it to the ailments in the body, because I guess that is Ayurvedic medicine. It really intertwines with how our emotions are. Like a good example you gave was if you have, um, if you're not like processing your emotions then your food's not also able to process and that slows down your metabolism um and I just wanted to I guess touch more on that I think people are becoming more conscious to the fact that their mind and their body is so closely interrelated and I think Ayurvedic medicine is a really beautiful reflection of that so I guess could you touch a little bit more on that and how Ayurvedic medicine um I guess the basis of Ayurvedic medicine, um, which you've kind of explained a little bit, but just for people who are like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So Ayurvedic medicine is one of the world's oldest holistic healing systems, which really looks mm-hmm. at an individual in their wholeness and seeks to understand the root cause of what is creating imbalance in the mind mm-hmm. and in the body. And in Ayurveda, we see the mind and body as being fundamentally connected. So anything Mm -hmm. that is out of balance in the body 
may also have some kind of a psychological root or a psychological cause. And that is something really interesting to investigate and to be able to connect the two so that we can actually heal the root cause rather than just trying to give some kind of herbal remedies for the symptoms. Although we do have a lot of great herbal remedies and they are very helpful, but they really help the most once you also address the deeper issues that are creating the imbalance in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that can be applied to so many different illnesses, so many different chronic conditions. I can speak from personal experience. I used to experience really bad acne and it would be so angry, so aggravated. And the practitioner that I was working with, she is like, you know, you're pushing down, you're pushing down, you're pushing down your emotions and then everything's like coming up and flaring up really angrily. And it's so, um, it's so almost like poetic the way the body works. Like when you it's just you, you you just have to look at it in awe sometimes and you go wow that just makes way too much sense so, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah that's a really great explanation um i guess you know on that note following on from making sure that we're dealing with our emotions and incorporating that with all the herbal medicine um and other modalities i wanted to ask what is a good way that I mean, I'm going straight for the deep stuff here. We're only at the beginning of the podcast. but (laughs) This is a loaded question, but how can we embark on our shadow shadow work? What are some practices that we can um, look at in order to meet ourselves um, and meet those parts of ourselves that we keep hidden? That's a great question. Honestly, I feel that the body itself is a really great portal. As you were saying Mm. about the skin, I also had experienced that with a lot of breakouts in my skin as I was writing this book even. And I wrote about it in chapter eight, that my journey of healing that was really about feeling the anger and understanding what it had to tell me about Mm -hmm. creating healthier boundaries and really honoring those. And then only, um, proceeding right to engage in relationships of different kinds with a stronger boundary because Mm -hmm. breakouts especially it's like such a boundary issue where the skin is supposed to be the barrier but something is breaking through the barrier to come out to inform us of something really deep underneath and for a lot of us who are identifying as female and who are also empaths, we are so much conditioned not to get angry. And we're told that it's not spiritual to get angry, or it's not feminine to get angry, or it's not okay or appropriate to get angry. But Mm -hmm. without anger, we're not going to be able to take the kind of actions that we need to take in order to restore what we call dharma, or to restore the universal order or to restore mm-hmm. harmony, true harmony and true peace. And so yeah. that's the idea of the spiritual warrior where we're like, okay, so I'm going to face it. I'm going to actually look into the seemingly superficial thing, right? Mm-hmm. And not just get invested into the world of topical creams and all of that, which again, I remember yes. as a great assortment of, and I went through all of them on my mm-hmm. journey because I clearly had a lot to teach me. and. Yeah. I was so amazed that it wasn't until I really, really, really got deep into the investigation of what is each and every one of these breakouts here to teach me? Why is it coming here? Why is it coming there? Why is it coming at this time? And then being able to connect with those answers as Mm -hmm. they revealed themselves and just allowing them to reveal themselves and being with them and paying attention and not running away, not suppressing it. I feel my skin in that sense was the greatest invitation to meet those shadow parts of myself. Same. (laughs) Actually, same. It was my biggest blessing because it's something that's so there. Like it's right on your face. It's very hard to hide. So it's like your body is like, look at me. Like you need to figure this out. Like it's right there. It's looking at you in the face. And I think what you said about as women, we are taught a lot of the time not to feel anger or anger is, you know, a not so feminine emotion to feel. Um, and I have really learned these past few years that anger is something that 
is the most one of the most productive feelings you just need to move through it as opposed to um suppressing it and pushing it down so um yeah anger is a big one anger is a huge one and I think when it is that kind of uh suppressed trauma that you're talking about um I guess that's when um chronic issues occur because you it's not in your conscious mind anymore it's almost you know tucked away into that subconscious so it can be hard for people to look at it because they're like no I'm not angry I'm fine like I'm, I'm yeah. all good yeah, yeah and nobody's like no we're not like we're yeah. inside yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so for people who are not connected to their emotions I feel the body is the gateway and usually mm-hmm. the body will have some or the other strong indications that something is out of order but yeah. for some people they don't have that because they have a more direct connection with their emotions and in mm-hmm. that case I feel that the mind and emotions would be the gateway so right. really again the applying questioning to those emotions. Why is the sadness here? What is the cause of it? Why do I keep on crying? For people who do that, you know, who Mm -hmm. are able to do that. For people like us, probably we suppressed a lot of that. So when we got to the point of tears and the release of the emotions, it was a true release because we had held on to it for so long. But not everybody is like that. I think some people go in the opposite direction where there's like overexpression but not a mm-hmm. release of the actual feeling. And for that, yeah. then it's really about, you know, dialoguing with that emotion, understanding that emotion, journaling around it. So in our spiritual warrior program, we do a lot of journaling and a lot of prompts that help us go inside of ourselves to be able to inquire into what is the reason why I have these big emotions or these big physical manifestations of maybe hidden or suppressed emotions. So either the mind or the body, one or the other or both are going to give you clues. And I feel that's a great place to start with the shadow work. Yeah, definitely. Inquiry is the key and asking the right questions in order to get uh, the right answers is really important. And I think um, you touched on it before about having compassion for yourself because, um, it's one thing to recognize the emotions, to feel the emotions and get it down on paper. And then it's another thing not to judge yourself. And that judgment yeah. is so sneaky. It just like yeah. sneaks up on you. <laughs> and you think to yourself, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should have done better. I should be better. This should be gone by now. So um, I guess being really conscious about all those shoulds and shouldn'ts that come up when you are expressing those emotions and just you know, feeling the emotion and, and letting it be, like you said, is um, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really why community is so important. So that's actually our Mm. third program in the ancient Mm. way is a circle of life community program. And it's not yet begun. We'll be opening our doors in March. So pretty soon. And this will be a way to engage with the nine steps, the nine chakras and the nine goddesses of my book in a very at will kind of way. Not just you don't need a certain amount of time to be able to benefit from it. You can go through it at your own pace. You can check out tutorials on Ayurveda classes and recipes Mm -hmm. to be able to embody the powers of the chakras and also to just eat what you need to, to be in alignment with the seasons and also eating for whatever health issues you have. So I'm going to include a special skincare diet for anyone who may be going through the breakouts like okay these are the foods to really stick with and try to make it really user-friendly that way and also a place where you can find embodiment tutorials and try out different ancient movement techniques that maybe you've been curious about but you're not sure which one is the right one for you and then to also be able to talk to other people who are on this journey who are also seeking to really practice the teachings, not just to read the book or theoretically take it in, but to really actively engage with it and to do it and to talk about all those challenges that come up on the way of really embodying the spiritual practices, because that itself is interesting, the resistances, the challenges, but then also celebrating those victories that nobody really sees, but are really powerful and meaningful when we're on the journey ourselves and being able to support each other in that way so yes absolutely I think um having an appropriate support system is powerful I think you know you just 
to see other people going through the same thing that you're going through, um, it accelerates your healing for sure. And it's it's important to have people that are committed to that spiritual journey, like you mentioned, because I do feel like sometimes people are interested in maybe taking herbal medicine or taking that spiritual path, but sometimes they will take that mentality of still wanting a quick fix with it. Yeah. Like they might be like, oh, I, I, I journaled or I took the supplement and it should work now. And it's like, oh, no, like you're on this journey for life. Like now that you've begun, it's like the spiritual journey is just a continuous um, and t- a continuous unfolding. So that's amazing. I'll definitely pop all the um, info for that below um, if anyone listening is wanting to jump on board with that. Um which this kind of leads me to my um, one of my other questions that I had for you, which is how can we cultivate a sacred healing practice? And I think, would you say um, looking at those nine chakras and finding ways to connect with those nine chakras is um, a pivotal uh, portion of how to create a sacred healing practice and journaling and all of those things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As part of our programs, we also give you an inventory sheet to kind of see what areas within you may be needing more attention. So, Mm -hmm. you know, going into that, but I always say that the process of starting a practice itself is its own practice. So chapter Mm -hmm. one of my book really guides you through how to even commit to a practice and how to really, you know, give yourself that space to also allow your feelings to lead the way and to show you what is the intention that you feel called to commit to, and then to take Mm -hmm. practical steps with it. But if you want to say, start oiling your body, because that's very helpful for preventing aches and pains or to manage aches and pains if you have them and to rejuvenate your skin and to Mm -hmm. really practice self-love in a tangible, practical way. And it requires a little thought. It requires a little preparation. It requires Mm. some research. It requires actually purchasing some kind of oils and getting some way to warm them up, whether that's a crock pot or if you're just going to use the tap, you know, in your sink and put the bottle in there and, uh, make it so that there's just hot water to warm up the bottle. But all of this will require some thinking and some planning. So just really engaging with that and really factoring in what is it practically going to take to do this, right? And then what kind of adjustments will I have to make in my schedule to allow for it? Will I need to give a little more time, say, for the shower in order Mm -hmm. to do this? And how can I allocate that? Is there something I'm doing that I could be doing a little bit less of in order to free up the time to do this new thing. So I think just being practical, but also being intuitive and guided by your own inner guru, your inner voice, your inner guidance is all very important for that. Yeah, I love what you, um, I love how you touch on your inner guru because I think that's something that is the most empowering thing. I heard this quote one time and it said pretty much like you were God unto yourself, which like the way I interpret it was it is that, you know, you are the creator of your own reality. Like you are the one that's the maker, like whatever is happening in your reality right now is you like that's all you it's like you said you can't control what happened in the past um but you can move forward with intention so um I guess that's what your programs explore how to come in touch with your intuition and um how to be your own inner guru because there's nothing more powerful than being able to move through life um backing yourself and understanding um yourself and living authentically um which is a big part of the work that you do and is something that I wanted to ask you um to live authentically what does this mean to you and what is the importance or the detriment of not living authentically to our true um our true selves yeah that's a great question being authentic to me means as much as possible remembering and connecting with the eternal nature of the soul in every mm. situation and transaction of life always Mm. remembering who we really are and therefore Mm. recognizing 
that spiritual dimension in all those who we meet, those who are kind to us, those who are not so kind to us, those who are loving us, those who may betray us, but to really be able to see that same self with a capital S in Mm -hmm. all living beings and to honor that self in oneself and all living beings to me feels like the essence of authentic living. And as far as the detriment of not doing so, where do we begin? (laughs) We need a whole whole other podcast for that section of the question. (laughs) I mean, I just feel like so many of the problems we have are because of not being authentic to ourselves and Mm -hmm. not believing also that we have within us everything that we need inherent to yeah. the idea of that connection with the eternal nature of the soul in one and all, including you, is that everything we need, everything we could possibly want already lives within us. And the yeah. thing that happens when we forget that or we don't consciously keep on remembering that and acting in a way that is in alignment with that is that we go looking for love, fulfillment, peace, happiness, in all the wrong places that sooner or later are not going to deliver what we were looking for. Yeah, that external validation, there's so much emptiness in looking outside yourself. And I think there's just even like a really basic example of this is like, the level of so amount of uh, amount of time people spend on social media and it's something that it seems really trivial I know but it's something that I've really picked up on and I'm sure other people can relate to is I've become really conscious of when I'm feeling low when I'm feeling down when I'm feeling like I need um some sort of like recognition or um approval or something like that I notice that I flick onto my phone and it might for maybe a minute feel good and the minute I go off my phone I'm like oh I feel worse now because Mm -hmm. you realize that there's not something that you can find there that what you're looking for you can't find there which it can be applied in relationships as well people turn to other people like you mentioned Mm -hmm. people turn into their work um so there's so many things that people can Uh, look away look towards in order to try and feel what needs to be filled um internally and by yourself so it's um I love that you brought that up because I did want to ask you about you have a chapter in your book called the art of loving yourself is that yeah I think that's what it's called the art of loving yourself and I wanted to ask you what does it mean to really love yourself because I've run into this kind of concept the past year where for some reason I understood loving myself as loving the way that I look or loving the way that society may perceive Mm -hmm. you but that is so far from what it means to love yourself because you yourself at your core is like your soul so it's like so beyond the physical realm but I wanted to ask you what that means to you and kind of a little bit about your journey of how you how you discovered self-love yeah, yeah, thank you. So it's interesting because the the name of the chapter itself has one word missing that I think is the key <laughs> to yeah. unlocking the, the answer to your question, and that is the art of loving your true self. Yes. So that itself requires some thought. So what is the true self? What is the like not true self, right? And what yeah. we believe is that the soul our spiritual dimension in the Vedic spiritual teachings of Vedanta, that the soul is what is eternal. When this Mm -hmm. physical body dies, the soul is believed to carry on and the soul never Mm -hmm. dies. It just Mm -hmm. changes outer form. So we believe Mm -hmm. that this body, this mind and emotions, and even the intellect that can question and lead us closer to our soul is all part of the transient changing phenomena which is actually not true it's not real it doesn't Mm -hmm. withstand the test of time so to be truth according to vedanta something has to be true in the past Mm -hmm. the present and the future and there are very few things if you really think about it that all the way in the way past, right? Like in the medieval Mm. times, in pre-medieval times, in the current crazy world that we live in of 
COVID and pandemics and all of that. And in the future that is, as of yet, unknown to us, there is something that can be said to be existing in all of these realms of time. And really, Mm. it comes down to the ancient wisdom. But even like the ancient wisdom texts, they had to have been written at some time, Mm. right? And they're recording and documenting something which is even predating them. And that is Mm -hmm. ultimately the soul of each and every being that is connected to all living beings, right? So when we first think about it that way, then it's like, oh, okay, so to love my true self, first I have to look at what is my true self and what is my false identity, right? Because we believe that it's a false identity with the body because the body's nature is to change, right? Mm -hmm. The body will never Mm -hmm. remain the same. You weren't the same when you were born. You weren't the same as you are now five years ago and your body will be different in five years from now. So we say that the body then can't be real. It's not true because it Mm -hmm. keeps on changing. Same Mm -hmm. thing for the mind. And even our thoughts and our beliefs and our ideas and our questions change and evolve. So then even this intellect that brings us close to the truth that that can help us get there much more efficiently than the body or the mind can, that also is not the same in all realms Mm -hmm. of time. And so even just considering that itself will give some shedding of identification layers, Mm -hmm. you know, and then once we are even having the intention to honor that true self, I feel a lot unfolds for us. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, it was really this friendship that I had that I wrote about in this chapter of my book that taught me a lot about how much I was willing to betray my own needs for those of someone else. And it was was something I did in all relationships, not just my friendships, but I think this particular friendship where I ended up getting betrayed and quite, you know, violently attacked in a lot of ways really Mm. taught me that I need to also include myself in the equation of love in life. Oh my God. Yes, I can relate to that so much. Like the betrayal of yourself to fit into something that isn't even authentically you and you just, yeah, mold and shift. Yeah. Yeah. And we're willing to give infinite amount of kindness and love and compassion and patience towards the other Mm. who may even have some malicious intentions towards us. And that got highlighted for me through this experience. And it was so intense, actually, to go through it, that it really did make me question all of this and question, how can I even call myself a spiritual being when I don't include myself fully in the equation? I would never recommend anyone else to do what I did, right? But I was willing to do it. And so something here is Mm -hmm. off. And I need to actually lead by example on the spiritual path. And if I believe that other people shouldn't be friends with those who have malicious intentions towards them, even if they feel empathy towards that person, then I myself also should not be engaging in this, you know? And yeah. and I, I'm glad that I could turn on it and kind of heal the relationship to the point where this person felt my love, you know, like genuinely, they they were able to understand their own kind of issues and see that I was only there to care for them. Because even my Mm -hmm. caring got misinterpreted as something else, right? Because we all have our projections and our traumas that we project onto people and and it happens. Mm -hmm. But at least I was happy that we got to a place in the friendship where my love was seen, felt, and appreciated because then it felt that it came to a healthy karmic release and closure and no more need to continue it in that form, which was not healthy or supportive to me and the vision that I had for myself to be able to continue 
to evolve on my journey. So we really dissolved. I mean, I guess this person may not have known that I was planning to completely let go eventually. And even I didn't know at the time that I would eventually let go of it altogether. But I'm happy Mm -hmm. that in that heat and intensity of the feelings and emotions that this person had been going through that got projected onto me, that they were able to see and acknowledge the love and that we were able to reach that point. Because then when it was a matter of letting go of the friendship, it was truly from a place of feeling totally resolved with it, but Mm. also having learned a great lesson from it that now I and Antha need to be friends with myself. Yes, that is the best kind of like answer that I've ever gotten to that kind of question that I've asked because that is so powerful and that touches on so many things that I think are absolutely just, you know, like when you talk about betraying yourself, like I said, like I completely can relate to that and it's obviously important that you went through that in order to find the true love and support that you needed to feel for yourself. But I think what I see, I had a similar story to you and I heard someone say, you need to stop rejecting yourself, stop rejecting parts of yourself. And for some reason that really resonated with me because I think you always hear, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And what's the opposite to loving yourself? It's rejecting yourself. And when someone said, you know, stop rejecting yourself, that really hit home. I said like, you know, how could I reject my own self? Like, how could I leave my own self out of the picture so um yeah I think because those words are so drilled into us like I love love myself love yourself but to hear the opposite of that is really yeah it really struck with me so I can definitely relate I had yeah similar uh, similar kind of type of experience to in that so um that's a really beautiful way to answer the question and I guess kind of leads me to my next question which is what is the difference between love and attachment? Because I think a lot of people are attached and not a lot of people are in love. And I've experienced it myself where I've been attached to people and that's not the same thing as love. So what's the difference? I'm so happy you asked such a wonderful question. That is (laughs) a very important part of that same chapter, actually. The art of loving your true self is the discernment between what is true love and what is attachment? I feel it's so, so important to even ask that question. And I love that the Vedanta guru, Swami Parthasarthi, who is 95 years young, still yeah. rocking in India, yeah. has shared to express this. It's really simple, but really profound. And mm-hmm. he puts it this way, that love, sorry, attachment minus mm-hmm selfishness equals true love and true love plus selfishness or sorry we should say love plus selfishness equals attachment so it's really about what are we looking for what are our desires and how are we trying to get them fulfilled through this other person in our life and when yeah. we can take ownership for those and when we can stop having those by understanding mm-hmm. that it's up to us to fulfill those within yeah. ourselves, then mm-hmm. we can transition our relationships from a selfish desire for something to the pure, true love that can also set someone free instead of being in that unhealthy situation, right? So even in the case of, say, this friendship, I had to look at my shadow. Why in the world was I allowing myself to continue to be friends with such a person who had these kinds of negative intentions towards me? And Mm -hmm. what came up in that deep questioning process was that I was looking for the security of someone who would be there for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that answer then led me back to reflect on me that am I not fully here for me? Yes. Yes. And how can oh my I God. be? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking for that security in other people and it's like, okay, if someone else isn't there to support you, do you, yeah, do you support yourself or are you just like a live wire looking for someone to just support you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel mm. that that taking responsibility, which is what we do naturally mm. when we truly have understood the law of mm. karma, that mm-hmm. is the best possible way to bring help to all of our relationships yeah. we're no longer beggars like looking in the you know like digging for something that cannot be discovered that way yeah absolutely and I guess you know people everyone has traumas different traumas different you know experiences in life and I guess you come together in relationships and from my understanding you know to be attached to some, if you come into a relationship with someone, to be attached to them, you're looking for them to heal those wounds. And to be in love with someone is to come together with your wounds and consciously like un- uncover them together and undo them either by yourself or having them as a mirror as to what you need to work on yourself. So mm-hmm. I think that's my understanding when I think about relationships that have been more attachment as opposed to loving relationships because loving relationships they trigger stuff in me where I'm like oh why do I feel that way and then I can un- undo that and they can they work they work as a mirror for me so that I can become more free whereas if I were unconscious in that relationship I would maybe attach to them and ask for them to heal something for me is how I'd see it so yeah I wanted to ask you, did you, um, could you explain to me the law of karma? Because I think a lot of people think karma is like you do something bad, then something bad happens to you. (laughs) I think it's a bit more complex than that, but I don't know what the complexities are. So what really, what is karma to you? Yeah, so the way that I understand karma from the Vedic spiritual tradition is that This is ultimately the most spiritual law that governs Mm. entire existence. Mm -hmm. And everything that we think, every word that we speak, and every action we perform is creating karma, which is not necessarily bad. It can be Mm -hmm. negative. It can be positive. It can Mm -hmm. also be kind of neutral. But the way that we're going to work with karma is by what kind of actions do we take what kind of words do we speak and what kind of thoughts do we entertain that itself mm-hmm. is a full-time occupation to really yeah <laughs> go into Absolutely. observing mm-hmm. that to know all of that and then to feel that we can consciously work with transforming mm-hmm. these three seats of karma And the way we want to do that, the way we want to train ourselves to get free from the bondage of karma is to approach action in a way that has a thought that Mm -hmm. is about simply doing whatever it is we feel we ought to do. Mm -hmm. That allows us to be like nature. That allows us to be like the sun because the sun shines and gives light and life to all beings irrespective of anything that it's getting in return right Mm -hmm. the tree is giving its shade because that's its duty that's its purpose that's its role that's what it Mm -hmm. does the flower gives its fragrance because that's its dharma and Mm -hmm. so too do we have some kind of divine purpose some gifts some talents that we have been recipients of from a divine entity or power? And how can we really be humble custodians of those gifts and be able to perform whatever our abilities are in service, with an intention of service to all living beings, not just our Mm. closest, nearest and dearest, not just our family, our community, our country, our whole of humanity but can we widen our thoughts to not even wish 
to harm living creatures or plants or vegetation? And how can we actually think of even proactively benefiting all living beings? And this is really how to free ourselves from the bondage of karma. But if we're talking yeah. more on a day-to-day level, maybe more at a uh, starting level on a spiritual mm-hmm. journey, like meeting people more where they are, which is also <laughs> where I began on this journey, is that we can look at how do you generate negative karma? How do you generate positive karma? Mm. So whether negative or, or positive, karma always binds you to mm-hmm. experiencing more causes and more effects. And you know, having to go through that duality of the ups and downs of life. Whereas mm-hmm. when we're on a spiritual path, we're, we're seeking transcendence, right? We're seeking mm-hmm. to go beyond the duality and to experience that wholeness, that oneness, that divine completion, which is the essence of all beings, right? The soul that yeah. is central to all beings. But that's a pretty advanced stage. We have to go and make progress. So at the yeah. first level, when we look at how do you generate negative karma, it's again the intentions that you have in the thoughts that you think, the words that you speak, and the actions, especially the actions that you take. Because action would have already gone through thought, right? And it would mm. have already had some words potentially in speech wrapped around it to then become an actual action. So if we just look at actions, we do actions because we want uh, gain for ourselves only. Those mm-hmm. kind of actions will always bring negative karma because mm-hmm. to get what we want, especially, can involve not considering other people's needs or feelings or, you know, boundaries and, and all sorts of things, right? So that's why a lot of the crimes happen. People will steal from other people because they're operating on a purely selfish desire for something for themselves. So mm-hmm. anytime we experience negative things in life or atrocities in life, we, with the law of karma, understand that somewhere, sometime, and we believe in reincarnation, that's a really key mm-hmm. part of the law of yeah. karma, that in some prior lifetime, we have done something ourselves that is generating this effect. And so when we think like that, then we don't get so emotional and so reactive when negative things come to us. We're able to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, I get it. Okay, I understand. This is something I created. So let me not react to it. And let me just do more positive karma, right? So when we're doing positive karma, we're operating from an unselfish desire that someone Mm -hmm. else may benefit from our actions, that our family, our community, our society, our nation, all of humanity, all living creatures can benefit. But Mm. the thing with the unselfish actions and the unselfish desires is that there's still desires. And what Mm. we understand in Vedanta is that the key to going back to our divine essence or that eternal soul is to actually shed ourselves of all desires. And right. when we do that, we become nature. We become divinity. We become everything that we're seeking or looking for in this lifetime and that we've sought in all previous lifetimes. And so the actions that are undertaken with no desire for anything for yourself or for anyone else, but are just done purely to give gratitude for what Mm -hmm. we have and also to be able to be one with nature and simply do what it is we feel we ought to do is the purest way of acting that ultimately frees us from the, the prison of good and bad, negative and positive, and puts us directly in touch with our true divine nature. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's a lot to unpack. I'm going to have to go back and like take notes on that. That's a really beautiful explanation, which I guess kind of ties in which with my last question that I had for you, which is what your philosophy is on life, death and rebirth. So I guess karma really beautifully intertwines into that rebirth notion, like the notion of unfinished karma, born again, and then you 
live out your unfinished karma? Is that something that resonates with you or would you explain it? Um, how would you explain it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything is due to the law of karma. All relationships mm. that we have, the home mm. that we're born into, our parents, our uh, partners that come into and out of our lives, they're all due to karma. And it is, yeah, it is the ultimate. I mean, for me, I feel like my whole life is constantly a reflection on what are the karmic consequences of doing this? And what is it that I ought to do? And really just sitting in the question for as long as I need to in order for the actions that are in alignment with the purity of existence to really reveal themselves, right? Because it's not always readily obvious what we should be doing. What is it that we are just purely doing because we're an instrument of that, Mm -hmm. right? And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that's my constant reflection to be able to keep on doing those pure actions that will feel Yeah, wow. And that's a beautiful way to um, look at things and it's an amazing way to keep yourself, I guess, grounded because it can help you move through life in a bit more of a um, in tune with yourself in a way that's going to help your karma, like you mentioned. Um, Yeah, there's just so much to unpack there. I really appreciate that. That was amazing. Um, I could speak to you for days, but I think where (laughs) I've asked you so many um, questions and I've gotten so many poignant answers um, to really deep questions. So I hope everyone listening has really, um, you might need to rewatch and take notes and then come back to it. Um, But where can people find you? Um, I'll link all your Instagram below and your books available on quite a few platforms, definitely Audible. I've downloaded it on Audible. and I think you can buy it online as well, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, yeah. all the major book retailers, wherever books Amazing. are sold. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. my my organization website is theancientway.co. Yes. And my I'll Instagram- link that below. Okay, perfect. Definitely. And my, my Instagram is at anantha dot one o-n-e ananta is a-n-a-n-t-a dot one yes amazing so if there's anything that you want to delve deep if you have any questions for ananta um definitely get in touch with her i'll pop all the details below but thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me and thank you for such thoughtful and insightful questions Oh my God, you've blown my mind. I could think of so many other things to ask you, but yeah, thank you for answering them so beautifully. Oh, my pleasure.